Hi, this is Mrs. Young. Welcome to First Chapter Friday. We're going to be talking today or reading today from a book called History Versus Women, The Defiant Lives That They Don't Want You to Know. And it is written by Anita Sarkeesian and Ebony Adams. This We're going to celebrate this book um, and to celebrate Women's History Month. That's what we're reading this for. So this chapter that I'm going to be reading is called Ida B. Wells, First Class Revolutionary. And for me, I've always heard the name Ida B. Wells, but I don't know the story very well. And I thought that I would share that with you. So there's something irresistible about underdog stories where remarkable people rise from humble beginnings to do incredible things against all the odds. But few stories are as dramatic as that of Ida B. Wells, a woman who was born a slave in Mississippi in the midst of the Civil War and became a daring investigative reporter and civil rights crusader. In an era of injustice, she would become the loudest and most persistent voice for truth. From an early age, Wells carried exceptional burdens with exceptional courage. She became the head of her household in 1878 at the age of 16 when both her parents died suddenly from yellow fever. To support her five brothers and sisters, she set aside her own ambitions for advanced education and started working as a school teacher for young children in rural Mississippi. In 1881, Wells relocated her two younger sisters to Memphis to live with extended family while she searched for better job opportunities and attended Fisk University in Nashville, Tennessee. In 1883, when she was 21 years old, Wells boarded a train to Memphis after, after a visit to Mississippi and seated herself in the first-class ladies' car, only to be told that black women were restricted to second class. Not only did she bite the conductor who forcibly tried to remove her, she soon filed a discrimination lawsuit against the railroad company. She won the initial case, and while it was overturned on appeal, an article she wrote about the experience helped launch her career as a journalist. In 1892, the course of Wells's life changed forever. Her friend Thomas Moss was murdered by a white mob in Memphis along with two other black men. Their brutal killings inspired Wells, a co-owner and editor of a black newspaper in Memphis, to speak out against the horrors of lynching, an increasingly common tool of terror used against black people in the decades after the Civil War. Black men were often falsely accused of rape to justify their savage and extrajudicial murders by bloodthirsty mobs. But in a series of widely read articles and pamphlets, Wells argued that lynching had little to do with protecting the honor of women and everything to do with protecting the power of Southern white men. Like so many civil rights leaders who would follow in her footsteps, including the civil rights leaders of today, her criticisms were powerful because they took aim not just at the misdeeds of individuals, but at the unexamined institutions of racism and the power behind them. Her groundbreaking analysis changed the national conversation around lynching. Even her future mentor, Frederick Douglass, called his own writing on the subject feeble in comparison. Faced with death threats, Wells started carrying a pistol in her purse, but refused to back down from her anti-lynching campaign. She said it was better to die fighting against injustice than to die like a dog or a rat in a trap. Wells relocated to, to New York, where she wrote for papers such as the New York Age and began to publish investigative journalism for an even art, larger audience, including pamphlets that collected statistical documentation of lynching in the South. Her popular anti-lynching speeches eventually took her to Britain, where white audiences seemed far more, far more outraged than many of their American counterparts. 
Her overseas speaking tour inspired international condemnation of lynching, particularly from British newspapers and politicians, and elevated Wells to the most visible national leader in the anti-lynching movement. Although Wells often criticized herself for being stubborn and hot-tempered, those same qualities made her a fiery orator and a relentless crusader against injustice. Faced with death threats from Southern whites and criticisms from moderate black reformers who considered her too radical, Wells refused to compromise her ideals for the sake of comfort, convenience, or even personal safety. After one of her anti-lynching articles displeased the white community, an angry mom stormed the office of the paper and destroyed it. The way to right wrongs is to turn the light of truth upon them, proclaimed a broadside advertising one of Wells' lectures. And indeed, Ida B. Wells never failed to shine the light of truth on the unspeakable horror, even when it cost her friends and potential allies. Surrounded by hostility and threats from people who wanted to punish her outspokenness because of her race and her gender, she refused to be silenced. Although she fought for women's rights, Wells was often disappointed by white suffragettes who considered racial issues a distraction from the fight against sexism. Some of them even endorsed segregation. During the 1913 Women's Suffrage Parade in Washington, D.C., when black women were told to walk at the back, Wells defiantly joined her state's delegation along the parade route. Similarly, she was frustrated by those in the black community who saw women's rights as unimportant to the fight against racism. Caught between the struggles of her race and her gender, Wells often felt like she fought alone. Wells remained single throughout her 20s, despite many suitors and enormous social pressure to marry. In her early 30s, however, she met and fell in love with Ferdinand Barnett, a black Chicago lawyer who was equally passionate about social justice and who wholeheartedly supported her career. They married and had four children, and she continued her work as a reformer until the day she died. By the time she passed away in 1931 at the age of 68, Ida B. Wells had profoundly changed the way people looked at race, gender, and violence in America, and had transformed herself from a slave who was regarded as property to a woman who, her daughter said, walked as if she owned the world. And she sounds like a really just incredible, amazing person. Uh, I'm glad I found a little bit more about her. I hope you enjoyed this. If you'd like to see the book, History Versus Women, stop by the high school library and we'll have it available for you. Thanks for listening to First Chapter Friday.